Hello, my fine old little tiny friends out there in podcast land. My name is Richard Heron. Welcome to my LSTP, Leicester Square Theatre podcast in this case. This week's guest is an absolutely charming and incredibly talented newer comedian slash writer slash actor doing fantastically well. You've seen him in everything. Jamie, Di- Jamie Demetrio. Um, how, how did I stumble on the Jamie and not the Demetrio? That is, uh, that's the kind of guy I am. Um, you're going to really enjoy this one. I, I hadn't met Jamie before, but he is very down to earth and um, extremely talented. It's worth checking out Stathlet's Flats if you haven't done so far. The after party is also very good. Uh, he's in everything. He, have you seen Fleabag? He's in that. That's quite That's quite a good show. I'm just going to recommend that and show I'm 20 years behind the times. Um We've got lots of rehearsals coming up for you in 2022. We're at the Leicester Square Theatre um, for the 18th, if applicable, and 25th of April. We've got Ardlo Hanlon and Alan Davis in that last show of the run at the Leicester Square Theatre. We're going to be the Phoenix in June and July. We're going to be the Assembly Ballrooms in uh, Ballroom in um, August from the 3rd to the 14th. And uh, we're going to be back at the Leicester Square Theatre most Mondays in September, October and November. Head to richardherring.com slash gigs or richardherring.com slash rahalastapata slash tour. And uh, you can see all the details and where the ticket links are there. And please buy tickets and come and see us live if you can. Um, go to gofasterstripe.com to buy downloads and books. And uh, just tell your friends about the podcast. We're just if we, The more downloads we can get... Uh, the more revenue we can get and the more money we can put into making more podcasts and movies and all sorts of stuff. So your support in any way is very much appreciated, but just listening to the podcast is enough. Look, you're really going to enjoy this one. I really enjoyed it. Um, I've had so so much fun with this run at the Leicester Square Theatre. So let's sit back, relax, and enjoy Rahalastapa with the amazing Jamie Dimitriou. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. Please welcome a man who's recently spent three hours at a children's party and is, is still exhausted from it. It's Richard Herring! <laughs> Thank you very much. Hello, my fan friends. <laughs> welcome. Welcome to another episode of Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast. Uh, I was hanging around with Hufty from The Word this week. Remember Hufty? The word, remember the word. <laughs> she calls it Rahalestapa, so that's she's good old, good, good old Hufty. Uh, yeah, I was, um, it was a, a party. Both my kids went to a party at the weekend. It's three hours is too long for a children's birthday party. Do not do that to the parents. Some people didn't turn up for the full... I say for the full three hours. It was loads of kids in one hall with a bounce castle that wasn't quite big enough for the number of kids there were. And there were kids of all different ages. It was sort of like being in Lord of the Flies, but a bit worse than that. And all the kids had these as well. <laughs> so they were bouncing on the, for three hours, blowing that. And then I was worried they were, just, they were going to hit their heads wrong and swallow that and die. <laughs> It was awful. Uh, you know, and after an hour, you'd think, fuck, there's still two hours to go of this. And a period of time has passed that is equal to the amount of time I've been on Earth so far. At least it felt... 
Uh, when we emerged at the end of three hours, it was 24.39, and superintelligent otters were ruling the world. That is how long we... It was just three hours for us, but the rest of the universe. It's the other way around, isn't it? Never mind, but um, don't have kids, is what I'm saying, is the, is the answer to that. But though my son at 6.30 this morning uh, basically woke me up with the question, uh, do ghosts have bum holes? That was my son's <laughs> question this morning. Which is an absolutely excellent emergency question. It's quite a hard one. There's more to it than you think. So. I'm going to be asking every guest I have from now on about that. Uh, I do have to thank the uh, Kickstarter backers uh, who uh, have uh, paid to be have their names in the shows. Uh, ben Lowry and the team from Eggbox Ima Imaging. I was going to say imagining. That's it's easy to imagine an eggbox. Not for me. I can't imagine anything. <laughs> Eggbox Imaging, uh, feel free to call me a fucking idiot, says Ben Larry. You are an idiot. Stop imaging eggboxes. Get on with a proper job. Uh, Mark David, uh, he wants to say hi to my pesky kids, Claire and Fred grow up. Uh, and uh, what is this? Not a swap shop, is it? I'm not saying hello to people's children for money. Uh, and Dan, Dan Powell, and there's all the one thing he... There was a little thing to fill in, say, what do you want me to say? And he, Dan Powell's just written helicopter. <laughs> the funny biggest laugh of the show so far from Dan. <laughs> no, and that was not as big as Dupont Ghost had bum holes. Uh, so thank you to everybody about that Kickstarter. Uh, thank you very much for everyone coming along. Let's, cr I think we might as well crack straight on. Why not? Uh, oh yeah, I was gonna do, I'll do that in the next show. I was gonna do a, fun, I was gonna do a funny bit. Uh, my guest, <laughs> I was gonna do a funny bit, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Um, <laughs> My guest this week is probably best known for his portrayal of Mikey Dawson in Hoff the Record. Hoff the Record. David, ha David Hasselhoff, I think, is in there. We'll find out. We please welcome Jamie Dimitrio, ladies and gentlemen. Here he is from Hoff the Record. Welcome. Come in, sit down. Shake hands if you like. Hello. It's Jamie Dimitrio. Hoff the Record. Well, uh, David Hasselhoff had water on his knee, um, as he told me a few times, and that's my main memory of that. <laughs> must be pretty. Once you'd worked with David Hasselhoff, you must have thought, that's it. There's, I'm not going to meet anyone bigger yes. in show business than yeah. that. I might as well give <laughs> Yeah. Him. I mean, he did feel extremely famous to me. <laughs> like, 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 you feel it, and you, you feel it on your back, yeah. famous. Like, I, I know you in a way I don't know anyone. <laughs> I, I don't know anyone who I can only picture running in topless. <laughs> Brought the, the Berlin Wall down as well, of course, David Hasselhoff, so He's looking, done it all. looking for freedom. All with water on his knee. Yeah. Do, do ghosts have bum holes, Jamie, is my first question to you. <laughs> what, do you what do you think? <laughs> do you say that off stage? I just, I, which gave me a sec to think about it. Um, <laughs> uh, I think it's a chicken or egg question. Do you, you think know, so? Do bum holes have ghosts? Uh, could be. Uh, I, I think, we, you know, if ghosts are what um, people say they are, which I often think is something they're saying out of their bumhole, um, <laughs> you know, I guess if they are inhabiting the core features of the person who's passed away, I think yeah. that our bumhole is a core feature of all of us. Um, and I, often ghosts go a bit sort of like sheety towards the sheety. <laughs> towards their nether regions. <laughs> They're, they're kind oh, of a, right, they're right, all right yeah. here, aren't they? And they right. sort of turn into a sheet as it goes. I actually as it goes take down. offense to that. 
<laughs> no more pigeonholing ghosts as sheets. They're cheating. Imagine, imagine, <laughs> imagine when you died, you turned into a sheet with eyes. What kind of plan is that from yeah. God? Just like, I, honestly, I cannot think of anything and I am in bed right now. Sheet, sheet. <laughs> well, how's it going to see? Eyes. And a little bum hole in the back. Right, exactly. Back back oh, well, who's to say that's not an eye right. in, it, in yeah. the afterlife? Don't know. For the listener, I just shook my head saying, I don't know what I'm talking about. And do you think it, if you have sex with a ghost, would you consider that cheating in a relationship? Or do you think that is... And now it could be bum sex as well. Now we've established that. If you have... Well, if you're a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> um, is, it, is it cheating in a relationship? Is it cheating? Um... <laughs> if it's just a... <laughs> am I proud of that I don't know um, uh, it, I guess it's I mean it's cheating I think it's worse than cheating it's like you've gone mad <laughs> it's like I'd rather you cheated than sort of started having sex with sheets with holes for eyes fair enough um, have you ever seen a ghost Jamie have you ever seen um, I've oh. seen people who look like ghosts I I, I get no. No. <laughs> no. I, I definitely get frustrated by the conversation. I feel like there's a lot of one-upmanship in ghost discussions. Anytime someone calls it out, you can see a person just waiting for them to finish to tell their... Uh, that, wait, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're, no, it's, yeah. Oh, sorry, you finished, finished, finished. But I was going to say, no, no, I actually saw a... Um, I actually saw... Uh, a, and then they do that thing where they're like, fucking hell. And you're like, what? And they're like, it's, it's there. <laughs> what, what a it's like what it's ears were burning <laughs> rubbish don't know oh, we've got that's most of the ghost questions <laughs> we got the, we got most of the ghost questions out not we don't usually do them all this early but it's good to it's yeah, good I would, to I was, them out honestly, of the way. I was expecting a very <laughs> even spread of ghost questions it's, it's very top heavy we might, we might come back to more more ghost based stuff uh, later on um so, look, there's, there's lots of things to talk to you about. Um, there's loads of uh, interesting stuff going on right at the moment. Um, but uh, where did you... Where did it all start for you, Jane? Where, where the hell did you come from? That's first... cock, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> it is. Please, Not sorry. just there. <laughs> Thanks, cool. too, Tango. Um, because I saw you, I think the first time I, and I probably had seen you before, the first time I, I became aware of you, I think, was probably seeing you in Fleabag, which is, was not, you'd done quite a few things before that, though, right? Off yeah. the record, I imagine. Was yeah, oh, what came, I mean, that's another chicken or egg, what came first <laughs> off the record of Fleabag? Um, one gave birth to the other. I, when did, where did it all start? I started, I, I started by the, the Fringe, uh, yeah. uh, doing a uni sketch show. Um, and then um, just sort of was terrified for five years doing stand-up. I'm not, I, 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 I think I, performing live is a good base for me, but I, I'm just terrified of it. I'm, I'm sort of so in awe of people who can do it and enjoy it and have a drink before or after. Like, if I have, like, a thimble of beer before a gig, I'm worried my head will fall off or something <laughs> during the gig. But, um, no, so I, I did that, and then... Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, as far as, like, TV and stuff's concerned, uh, you know, I, I wanted to be an actor from the age of, like, five, but didn't know anyone, anywhere who'd ever done it personally, and it just felt like a fun 
thing to think about wanting to do to kind of keep you going. I never expected to ever get anywhere. But I was really lucky to, um, off the back of my live stuff, I managed to get a, a, a sketch, uh, write a sketch for a show called Anna and Katie, starring a sketch show starring Katie Wicks and Anna Crinney, and uh, Katie Wicks who plays Carol in, in my show. Um, woo! Um, <laughs> that was me for the listener. <laughs> no one just grabs on and just stormed the stage. Um, um, but yeah, uh, so I, uh, God, I'm trying to think of what happened. What happened to me to get me here? Uh, so I, I, I wrote a sketch for that and. Um, then I got, Channel 4 were trialling this new scheme called Blaps, where yeah. I got given um, uh, a few characters. This is, this is going back about 10 years now. Uh, and I, I tried out a few characters. Off the back of that, uh, Robert Popper, um, uh, genius Robert Popper, a writer of Look Around You and Friday Night Dinner, um, uh, sort of heard that I could do different voices and was like, oh, it'd be nice to have a coffee and talk about stuff. But then he got me in to read all the different voices um, for a Friday night dinner read-through when all the actors were too famous to turn up. So, so it's like, yeah. So it's basically me and there was a couple of them that were there, but I was there just like crapping my pants, like, like having to do all these impressions of people. But, you know, it, it, it's called being a swing reader. Like it, in in read-throughs for TV shows, they'll read the whole show out and they have people on the side who are there to predominantly read in like angry short man in cafe, like number two kind of thing. There's, well, if there's two in your show. Um, uh, and, uh, and, and anyone who can't make it. And so I did that, but I, I, did, so, I did an illegal amount of prep. Like, I don't think he was even expecting me to do an impression, but I'm there being like, how does Mark Heap talk? <laughs> um, and yeah, so off the back of that, I basically became a kind of swing reader for hire because I was like, who will put in a lot of, a <laughs> lot of work for 25p? Um, uh, and so yeah, and any time I do a read through, they throw me like a, a token, like one was literally obnoxious guy in cafe uh, who uh, said, I'll have those when someone else wanted those. <laughs> Um, <laughs> That's the kind of part I get. You shouldn't be taking my parts off me. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Well, yeah, so off the back of that, I, I did, and I was doing that for years right. while I was trying to get uh, uh, my, sh my show about a letting agent, with, I can't pronounce the name of it, um, <laughs> uh, off the ground. Um, and yeah, so I was sort of just doing that for ages, and then parts sort of got slightly bigger. You know, I went to. Grand Canaria with Bradley Walsh just to have my trousers pulled down okay. uh, on camera. That's actually something that happened. I, I, had, I was in a show with Kay Van Novak and Bradley Walsh called Sun Trap, and uh, I had to get a flight out to Grand Canaria to do this scene. And by the time I got there, they trimmed my scene down to a line, and I have my trousers pulled down. <laughs> and then they cut the line. <laughs> so here we are. And that's what... <laughs> But it seems like a lot of your stuff comes from your well, from your background and your fat. Your family's obviously like a big part of it. So I think uh, mm, yeah. with the it's sort of a little bit of a homage to your family and your sister. Of course, it, there's this new phenomenon seems to me of brother and sisters right. coming out of the woodwork and doing sick, fantastically successful sitcoms together. Yeah. That never used to happen. I can't. <laughs> I never did a show with my sister. Time maybe if I had. Not sure how it'd have gone down. She can play the cello. 
It's been pretty good. Can you refer to that as the good old days? <laughs> <laughs> you, had to, you had to find someone you weren't related to to do shows with. Oh, those days. I remember, yeah. yeah. But it's like, that's sort of weird. It's, it's sort of unusual to... But that means you've had this lifelong relationship with the person you're, you're working with. I mean, you're fantastic together and she is absolutely brilliant. Yeah, she's amazing. Show. She's amazing. Really funny. Yeah, I, I guess I'm just... Um, I, I think that like in the same way that you hear of a lot of... Um, groups like forming their sensibility together yeah. i think like i i just had an extra you know you tend to meet the people that you're going to make comedy with in your late teens is that fair to say and i guess i just had a sort of 18 year head start and you <laughs> yeah. do yeah to, to 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 those people and so we have a shorthand and we we kind of like you know we, we, we like you do sort of with siblings there's a kind of like a positive rivalry a lot of the time that's like just like wanting each other to be funnier, wanting yourself to be funnier and like who can say the funniest thing about our parents? Who can say the funniest thing about our house being crap? Who can say like <laughs> the funniest thing about us? It's like, and you kind of generate a kind of, you know, your noise, I, I like to think of it as like your noises, like what are the sounds that you find funny kind of thing? Like, and, yeah. and I think that we, having that be in tune has been amazing. And it's just a really, you know, casting is hard. Finding someone that you think that can really kind of carry your voice or who you can write for is hard. So having somewhere it's like, oh, I, yeah, I mean, I know everything already. And uh, I'm just so aware of how unbelievably talented she is that it, it's like, it's just such a gift to be like, oh, I can just put her in the show and it'll be good. Brilliant. Yeah. And, that's, well, and because it's, uh, the, it's so much of, about your background as well, it would be more difficult to find someone you weren't related to properly. Yeah, oh, totally, yeah. <laughs> but, it, but it's what I like about it, because I think like the, the obvious thing to do if you were doing a sitcom about estate agents basically would be sort of, sort of more sort of posh, white... Right, you know, up a sort of public schoolboy twats in a different sort of way, but <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, there's a little, there's a there are those characters that are a little yeah, bit. You like have that. to reference them, but yeah. but they that would be where it was. That's where people would go with it. But the, but staff, that's flats. Everyone sort of, not everyone, but nearly everyone in it is this quite charming sort of innocent sort of fools rather than. It's not what you would do with a not not what most people would do with an estate agent sitcom. Is is what I'm trying to get at. Right, yeah, yeah I, I hope so, yeah. I hope so. Like, I, I think that was always my endeavour because, you know, I, I don't care about the world of letting agencies. <laughs> <laughs> I, I sometimes, like, catch a glimpse of, like, you know, if I'm, like, mentioned, if I'm, like, in something in an article, it'll be, like, Jamie Dimitriou from a letting agency-based sitcom staff <laughs> Let's Play. I'm like, what have I done with my life? It's so weird. Um, but I, I, I think that it's, like, that is the kind of irrelevant feature of the show, weirdly. Yeah. It, 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 it's a foundation for a great sketch and a great kind of recurring, um, in terms of like the tours, like it's a good comedy game to play yeah. and, and to kind of, anything that you can do that's like, anything that you can do where the story is implicit, it's like, oh, I've seen an asshole with, um, <laughs> with a clipboard and a really scared punter. Oh, he's trying to let her a flat. Like, I know, I know what the story is and yeah. I can just enjoy it without having to be too expositional. And, 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 and it's like, it's a gift in, in a kind of um, sitcom setting. And um, yeah, but it, it was an idea that me and um, a, a, a John Petrie, a producer kind of, like, it's a voice that I've had forever. It's like a combination of every sort of Greek person I've ever yeah. met, a London Greek person. And, uh, and, you know, we were just talking about how, as a job, it's kind of like, like, if you were to take them out of the viewing, would it change that much? 
<laughs> they might be more likely to rent the flat. <laughs> like, like, just like, there's a table. It's like, as you can see, there's a table. <laughs> like, yeah. And it, on, if I'm completely honest with you, like, I'm not going to say it's got three legs, because it doesn't. It has four. <laughs> Right? I mean, uh, like, if any, you're just like, there's a slight irritant in the air. It's like, well, I, does the flat come with this guy? Because I don't, I don't want it if it does. So, it, and then there's like, there's just like, and it means so much to them. And, that, and I spoke, I handed a, I mean, it's very telling that when I first started this, I was like, how am I going to get into this world that I don't care about and know nothing about? Um, and I was like, okay, I'll hand out a few questionnaires to like, uh, like friends of friends who are letting agents, like, maddest viewing you've ever had, craziest like, lie you've ever told, da, da, da. Every single one came back with, nothing silly or weird has ever happened here. <laughs> <laughs> We're very professional and it's only good. It's good work. <laughs> so there's no, the lack of self-awareness is like hysterical. And yeah. by the way, like, the, the, the kind of charming nature of them is born out of the fact that like, you know, ultimately, Staff, Staff isn't an asshole deep down. He's just like, what's my dad doing? Yeah, me as well. I'm going to do that because my dad done it. What's my dad want? To have a son. Oh, yeah, that was me. Okay, cool. I'll have a son too. That's like me. Like, you know, the, the, it's, the, the sweetness comes out of the kind of, like, the no thoughts of it. It's yeah. just like, uh, that. Brilliant. That's the closest thing to me. Kind of thing. I don't think there's anything nefarious going on. No, but I think but it, there's a sort of truth that is a sort of better understanding of, you know, I think estate agents, when I've dealt with them, you know, looking around houses throughout the last 30 years, there's a lot of people who are just completely bullshitting. There's a lot of people. Totally. It's f funny putting anyone in this. It reminds me a little bit of um, uh, Pito Hanrahanrahan, which is a, on the air character that I actually did fucking create. Uh, and... <laughs> Uh, but it's, you know, the, the, origin, the origin was that was a, was a man trying to explain the Maastricht Treaty the day it came out, which was a massive treaty, pretending he'd read it and, right, bu right, and bullshitting right. his way through. And anyone trying to bullshit their way through something is, is funny. That's what that, there's a sort of charm to this guy. <laughs> Just, it's like the first time. And how much, is that, how much of that is scripted and how much of your... Your, is it is you just messing around and seeing what happens? Um, it well, feels like you've just walked into somewhere and, and are, are spotting stuff. There's a bit of that, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's uh, uh, in the show that is the kind of most improv heavy bit because you don't know the location and a lot of the time you're like, get me the scuzziest, most disgusting place in the world and then you turn up and they're like, it's really nice, I'm so sorry. And then you, you sort of have to work out things to say about it. Right. So I tend to come down, go down like half an hour before so I can like, know what the character doesn't know before he goes in, if you yeah. know what I mean. It's like, because they, they often haven't seen the properties beforehand, so so there's a lot of like, oh yes, is this the uh, the pink uh, c uh, curtain? <laughs> um, oh no, that's a bed sheet. Why are they hung that on the wall? Um, this sort of thing. So, so you kind of, and you, you might like set up the occasional thing, but a lot of it, a lot of it is scripted because there's a lot of sort of, you know, I've been on so many kind of fake I mean, fake in the sense that I don't actually need a flat. I've been on so many tours just to sort of like... And it is like... I mean, I've said this before, but it's like it's like they're going like, now, everyone, Jamie Dimitri's coming. He's going to do a tour with us. Let's give him some good material because <laughs> he's struggling to write this series. So be as thick as you possibly can be and lie as much as you can because he really needs this. And it's like they just... The gold they throw at you for hours. Like, it's, even after they recognise me, they'll be right. like... There's a geezer at my office who's just like you, I'm telling you. It's like, it's you.
But yeah, I think yeah, but you're right. It's, it's it's about much more than that. It is that sort of family thing. So is is that your is it? But is it sort of pl- pl- really based on your dad, the, the the dad character, or is it just that? No, point weirdly, now? no. That was the intention, yeah. very much so. But like the note that always came back from from my producers and Channel Four, quite rightly, was like, this would never happen in real life. Anything to do with my dad would never happen in real life. It's like, it's like there is no way. Staff's dad would put him in the Disneyland parade because he said the dogs look nice in it. <laughs> like, my, like the things that my dad did, have, has done in my life to me and with me is like, it, you put it on TV and people are like, jumping the shark, every scene. <laughs> so we had to kind of soften the blow. And then, I mean, ultimately, like Christos Dergioglu, who plays uh, Vassos, like, you know, we were talking about this backstage. I, I think that, like, I kind of learned what the series was from watching series one and, and, and from getting to know, like, some of the actors that I didn't know as well. I mean, I, you know, I, I came up with a lot of them, but, like, Christos I'd obviously never met before. I was like, we, we looked forever to try and find the guy to play my dad because we wanted someone to be authentically Greek. We were doing Zooms with people in Greece and Cyprus the whole time. And the kind of, I guess, the, 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 the sensibility that people would often just assume you wanted is, like, I always think about being in Cyprus as a kid and like my like everyone's favorite comedy show was like this prank show that was like this kind of Mr. Bean-esque figure walking down the street with a big sort of like high stacked-ish pile of boxes in his hands. Like like a big one, a slightly smaller one, a slightly smaller one on top. But like walking down the street going like, Ooh, walking down the street. And like, and they cut to like reaction shots from the people in public, all looking nonplussed by it. <laughs> like don't keep, don't keep those in. Like, like a bit, but, but like, but the guy is enough to keep the audience in. Like, oh, he's gonna fall. It's like right fragile on the box or something. <laughs> Just like some jeopardy. Oh, it's like they look empty. Um, and uh, but, but, but like, so there, everyone like a lot of the sort of Bassos esque portrayals we were getting were like, don't you dare! And I'm like, well, it doesn't say he falls over in the script. Um, um, uh, but then Christos, and, you know, we, we saw some good people, but then there was like some who felt a bit too harsh, blah, blah, blah. But um, my director, the director of series one and two, Tom Kingsley, who's a complete genius, was like, um, have you ever seen Dogtooth, which is Yorios uh, 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 Lanthimos's sort of big breakout film? He did like The Favourite right. and The Lobster and things like that. Okay, yeah. And it's like this very harrowing film. And Christos plays this like demented like dad who's like, for a lot of the film, covered in blood. <laughs> and he was like, we could, I mean, he's brilliant in it. He could be good. I'm like, to play the silly dad in this sitcom <laughs> about a letting agency, does he still have the blood on him? And we, yeah, he's just extraordinary. And, you know, getting to know him more, I kind of like tried to, he's like so gentle and lovely. And, I, you know, if you watch the difference, he's very angry in series one and he really softens in series two. And, and it's like purely from spending more time with him. Right. Yeah. Well, because you also, it's, it's, it feels like you've chosen the cast of people that you like and you've worked with largely. And they were sort of not quite unknown, but slightly unknown when, when you cast it, yeah? Yeah, I, I'd so you, say, I think we all inter- were. You went sort of interfered with like people going, you have to put Amanda Holden in or something like that. I mean, <laughs> was it, was you joke. <laughs> well, I've, 
I could, I, I, your head would spin <laughs> if I told you some of the suggested names. But, you know, you develop an understanding of that over the years because it's like, like you say, we weren't known. No. I wasn't particularly known. I had, you know, I'd, I was the guy with the teeth from the thing kind of thing. Well, the very, very amazing thing. But, but, that, but that's purely out of like, you know, these programs have to be seen by a certain amount of people and a famous person is a doorway into them. And I think over the years, I've, I, you know, you rebel against that when you're coming up and then you have to, you go, well, I mean, it is a, it's a business ultimately. And it's yeah. like, you understand, you have to understand the reasoning behind it. And a lot, by the way, a lot of like very famous people are very famous because they're very good. And it's like, it's great to kind of like, you know, we had Julia Davis in series three, which is like heaven, you know, and that's yeah. like a plus for them and a plus for me. But no, we were, we were like vaguely unknown and it was, it was tough, but I, I, I truly, believed them all to be the funniest people in the world you know there's the, i really really love that thing where you're like this really reminds me of the feeling i had growing up and watching french and saunders and, and all my and father ted and like all my favorite things like when you when you feel like oh i'm actually having the same sensation as that like watching katie wicks watching our like watching ellie tash kyle dustin christos you know there's just like there's a certain like something about them that I just, and I, I just, yeah. But, but luckily, you know, I, I did have a very supportive team as well who were into it. There was the initial pitches of other yeah. people, but ultimately we wanted what was best for the show. I just sort of think, but you know, if, they, if they're aware of how the industry works, which they should be, nearly every successful sitcom has, even Friends, Starts with a cast of, of people who aren't known, and then they, and then that's how. But of the course. office, you know, all of these things that have gone on to be the mega successful things have really not had. Oh, let's put, you know, let's put someone in from something somewhere else. Totally, yes. No, I, oh, god, I've, yeah, yeah. Totally. But you know, but you'd, think they would, you'd think they'd realize so it's much better to put. That's what it just feels. It feels like you all get what's going on, and in in the, there's an understanding because you know, it's 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 very much its own thing. It's like a lot of comedy shows that I like. It takes you, it takes you a little while to tune into the the first time you watch it. You go, what, what, what's going on? <laughs> you know, what's what's right. the, and and then you tune into it, and it's great. But it but you need everyone to get that sensibility. And, and nearly every uh, sitcom that I like, I kind of hated the first. I, I hated Larry Sanders the first time I saw right. it. I hated The Simpsons the first time I saw it. And you know, and then and then you get into the sensibility of it and realize what it is because it's more about it's the sensibility, right? Rather than who you know, rather than a star, at least, anyway. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more yeah. with, with all of that, totally. But you do have to have that initial bumpy period where yeah. no one likes it, and everyone's <laughs> like, get that voice off my television. <laughs> like, it was definitely, there was a real feeling about it. Like, the, the trailer just felt so great. People hated it before it even came out. I was getting so much, like, hate DMs and stuff about the trailer. Like, this is annoying me! <laughs> like, but, but, yeah, you totally do. And it's like, and but that sort of makes you... But then again, but like, say like, whoever you love, say like, like someone brilliant that you love is in something and it's just like a cleanser. It just like forces you to understand it quicker. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't, but you're right though. Like an original sensibility is unparalleled. I mean, I, I remember, I always think about starting out and, and all the general meetings that I would take when I, when I first got into the industry and was terrified and didn't really know what the, I was just trying to sort of understand what it was to be asked to do something or to pitch something and you know how all that works. So I was taking these meetings with producers that felt very kind of featherlight and like like they were directionless. Mm. And I'd always say, what is, what are you looking for? Like what kind of TV shows do you want to make? And it was around the time Girls was 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 the new big thing and it was and it was really popular. And the response I always got was the Brit the British girls, <laughs> the new girls. 
And I'd be like, oh, right, so like a, like a new kind of, uh, some, some, like an original concept with like distinctive performances and they're like, something with girls in it. <laughs> like, and you're like, well, that's right, okay. But the, but the thing is, if you want to make the new thing, you have to make the furthest thing from it because yeah. the thing that binds the new thing is that it's new. It's its newness that is the thing that makes it so exciting. So to be like, I know how to make a new thing, copy the new thing. <laughs> it's like, it's not, it's gonna, not gonna have that same quality. But I, you, you know, again, if you, don't wanna, if you don't wanna hemorrhage in this industry, you have to accept and understand the reasons that those kind of like ripple effects happen of things. And, and I'm just, I feel so lucky that I was able to kind of I flex my sensibility, I guess, a little bit, and 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 do it surrounded by people who I think are so brilliant, and get given the space to do that. Sure. And uh, you've done three series, which is quite unusual for British yeah. sitcoms, which I I am all for. I would like to see more sitcoms do really? more. Yeah, I don't, I don't agree with this. You know, I I think The Office, fine, did twelve, but like The American Office. There was a good, you know, seven or eight series totally, of that yeah. before before yeah. it was when it was very very strong. So if the characters are good and everything, and you can do it, and the, you know, the, obviously the American model is a bit different the way it's put together, and it's just this is mainly just you writing. Mm, yeah. You started off with you and uh, um, uh, Robert, Robert, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but now now it's just you writing. So it's much harder to write lots lots of episodes. But yeah, you know, I think it's are you are you going to do more beyond this? Third series. Uh, my, my, my honest answer to that is that I, I really just like don't know right now because yeah. it, it feels so recent doing the third. I mean, I, I don't feel like the, like the character and the characters are dead. Like I feel like there's definitely more to do with them. Yeah. It's really just about like taking a breath and going, I've been doing this for 10 years. Do I know how to do anything else? <laughs> like, and, and trying to work that out. But like, I don't, you know, I don't, never rule it out no way I, I i'm just like again it's literally like it's been a few months since doing it and it's yeah. like i need to break this chain of spending all my time thinking about letting agents yeah <laughs> like and you had quite a hard time writing this third series yes. right so you're, you're writing <laughs> writing in lockdown and in yes. america right yes yeah, yeah yeah it was i I'm, I'm i get i get the horrible writer's block at the best of times but i was I was going mad. And I, I, I think that like part of that is this kind of, the two series structure, two series plus Christmas specials, I think is the kind of the perfect, uh, like, well, traditionally the perfect British thing. But I agree, like if it worked, like Peep Show went forever and was brilliant, yeah, yeah. like consistently. And, and Partridge has been recreated. I, I think that that model is like very appealing to me. Like, like don't feel like you need to keep it in the same kind yeah. of quarters forever. Um, but um, I can't remember <coughs> what I was just talking about. <laughs> <laughs> what was I saying? It was something. It was very interesting. It was, it was, it was so interesting. Oh God. Can we get some playback, please? <laughs> um, wait, what were we talking about? Partridge series, uh, more series. Oh yes, the 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 two. Yes, I think that the two series thing sort of makes sense because it's like you go. Okay, series one, you're learning. Series two, you're correcting. And series three, it's like, what, what now? We've corrected it. It's, <laughs> it's been corrected. And that's why series three of the show is quite like outlandish aesthetically, because it's like, well, let's just make it really big and loud. Yeah. It's kind of like how bands, their third or fourth album tends to be the one that they just want to be good for stadiums, because they're just like, well, <laughs> I've got a lot of pent-up energy now. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I'm, um, I, uh, I feel like 
I, I'm glad that we did we've done three and yeah. didn't stick with two because I felt like that we like we did some really fun stuff with three and and I, I, I'm I'm very surprised to find that I'm happy with how it turned out because it was a very dirty slog to get there. Yeah, I just went completely bananas. I was like I was like setting up. I found myself there was it, the thought genuinely crossed my mind one day. It's like if you leave a kind of like broom out or something, maybe you'll trip over it, and that trip will be inspiration for Stats' trip in the show. Like, if you walk into that wall, you can maybe be like, "God, remember that time I walked into that wall? I got to put that in the show." Uh, yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I was. I was just really lacking in ideas because I think that I don't like very little verbatim I hear day to day is what goes into the show, but the rhythms and cadences of the way people talk are kind of like imprinted on my head yeah. and then I kind of that kind of falls like out of me onto the page a little bit and me being the only person I was talking to for months <laughs> on end just didn't help that it's like I don't I'm not saying anything funny yeah <laughs> in my flat on my own like that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but it must be hard if you're because you're in you're in America presumably working on uh, the after party yeah so yeah. like you're working on something and then you try you know I think that's ready for you doing if you heads down in one project and you're then trying to go and write, even if you've got time, which it, I'm presuming in that project, yeah, there was quite a lot of downtime because oh, yeah. it's a massive cast and yeah. there's bits that you, there's, you know, I've watched a couple of episodes of yeah. it and you're, you're not in the first no. two that much. <laughs> no, no, no. I, 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 um, to, but to be honest, I, I really loved playing that part. Yeah, yeah, I, I really, I, I like, I'm a firm believer, having sort of spent so much time doing those kind of bitty things, that there's like, there is joy to be found in not being front and center all the time. Sure. Like in staff, I'm crying out to just be like tenant number four sometimes because <laughs> it's just like you just get to be smaller and make a quicker. Imp it's like you, you, you're not so exposed. You can just get in and get out. Like I get really worried that like staff's overstaying his welcome all the time. That's why I'm so like, I, that's why the ensemble like tends to kind of grow as the series go on because I'm just yeah. like, <laughs> my nose is so big, it's filling up the whole show. Um, but, um, but yeah, no, I had a lot of, I had a lot of, uh, there, there was like an eight week period at, at one point where right. I was um, uh, doing the after party where I was just in lockdown in the house. So it did give me something to do. But, um, you know, staff is such like a British sounding show a lot of the time and all the kind of British voices yeah. that you hear like in, in, in where I grew up kind of thing. And it's like not hearing those for a while was a bit was a bit tough. I like I want to hear something a bit nasal. I want to hear something <laughs> a bit soft, you know. And 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 I want to hear like a bit of you know. I just want to hear the sound of here a little bit. But I had such an amazing time doing it. Truly, yeah. like I, I a lot of the hardship started when I got back and I just hadn't really had a break. And it was like it was like sort of four and a half. I was there on Christmas Day on my own and New Year's on my own right. uh, in in LA. Just like my eyes getting wider as they went on, I could feel my eyelashes on the back of my neck, kind of thing. Like it was uh, it was it was it was a long time. And then it was like I think I need a cool off period from this like mad amount of alone time I've spent in California for some reason. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, it was but that in itself, like working with Chris Miller and that ridiculous cast was one of the best experiences of my life. I loved it. Yeah, yeah no, it's it's phenomenal and. Uh, yeah, T Tiffany Haddish and uh, Ben Schwartz. I'd be very excited to work with he's, them. He is. A, he's a, got a wild mind. He's very, very yeah. funny yeah. and smart. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's well worth a look. It's a, it's a very, uh, very good show. Uh, but I think that's you know it's sort of that's interesting. And I think it's a lot of a lot of people who do have a big acting career aren't necessarily trying to write 
Um, I suppose Phoebe Waller-Bridge is doing this, a similar thing where she's writing a lot and getting a lot of, a lot of acting work. Yeah, totally. But it's, it's usually you've got a writer or a performer or a writer performer who just concentrate on their own thing. I think it must just be hard to, you know, be diversifying. Yeah, I always think of... I always think... I mean, look, it's... Let's face it, it's a really lovely job to have to yeah. write and act in comedy. There's no one... I mean, it'd be mad to not think that. But the, the weird thing about it is that it's like there's no time ever for anything other than that i always think of like a, my life as a bucket and <laughs> if you will bear with me um and uh, like the acting jobs are like these like blocks that you throw in and then you and then it's like oh but there's loads of cracks in between because the bucket circle it's like but then you pour in the writing water and it fills <laughs> every crack of your life because there's no limit to the amount of writing you can be doing like staff each script i rewrite like a billion times to try and like feel like there's a good foundation there and a good like because you know I want it I want the story to be more than just like does he let the flat kind of thing. <laughs> um, he does. <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> yeah. But there's a lot of work. You can see there's a lot of work going into it. And I think you know I've, I've read somewhere about you doing back background on all the characters and really you know working up all the characters to a sort of ridiculous degree, even the smaller smaller characters or, be, or being very well prepared for it so i think you know that's that shows in the work but it is you know that's the writing is always the the absolute most horrendous stuff even if you're not in lockdown in a foreign country totally yeah <laughs> i don't i'd like do you know anyone i'm always interested do you know anyone who enjoys writing tv <laughs> i don't really it's a mad it's, always, it's mad isn't it I've, but i find writing very hard i'm writing a book at the moment which is about my last year all the things i've been through, been through last year which i'm actually enjoying writing which i is the first time that's ever happened to me that I sort of sit down and go, oh, quite, this is quite easy and I like to Right, think. right, right. But, but yeah, but in terms of writing scripts, it's so, so hard. And I spend so much time just not doing any, you know, feeling like I'm not getting anywhere weeks pass and I've got nothing, you know, to show. Uh, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's mad. But, yeah. but, but, but that's interesting, though, that you... That's interesting, though. I mean, I, I, I feel like writing non-fiction is like so much more satisfying because you're you're like I, i've done a few bits of like journalisty things and it's just like transcribing yeah like you know events yeah so you're like oh what was my take on that event versus just like here's some thin air <laughs> try and make a letting agent out of it <laughs> well I th there, there's i really liked in this last series uh, your fight uh, with charlie cooper i thought it was great oh. just because that's again i think it's it's, you don't ever see it on TV where people fight like real people. I mean, it's it's not quite a real fight in that you don't. There's no actual contact right, between yeah, the two. Yeah, yeah. But that's much more like what a fight is like, and it's very funny. And the and is the how many times did you have to jump into that canal? Oh, and was man. it was it a real canal? Yeah, it's it's one of those things that you write down on paper. You go, that'll be absolutely brilliant. <laughs> Who's doing it? It was like, oh, it's, yeah, it's me again. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, I, it was an actual canal. It's, yeah. yeah it, it, it looked uh, nasty. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I like, you open your eyes underwater and it was like luminous yellow. <laughs> like, why? Is it like a thousand pisses in it? Like, who's pissed? How is there that much piss in it that the whole thing is yellow? Not just like a tint, like, like scorching piss. Like, someone's been like, let's get our mates down because this is still blue. <laughs> But yeah, it was it was insane. But it was also like just like get being in a being in a, a wetsuit and then having to shower off to get dry again and then getting back into the wet wetsuit. Yeah. It was like hell. 
But um, but no, I wanted to. It was it just like you. I, you know, whenever I think of the series, I think of it as kind of like there are like pillars throughout that make me go like, okay, I think this series might be okay because it's got this bit, it's got this bit, it's got this bit, it's got this bit, and it's like the the jumping into the thing. I was like, that feels like a kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Like it's like that's the dem like the bit where he jumps into the canal, <laughs> the bit where they have the fight. You know, it's like it's like those are the kind of totem poles that I'm like, okay, that okay, that's yeah. that that's okay. And like the fight is like you get, and also it's like there has to be a kind of foundation to it. It's like, you know, with the jumping into the canal, it was all about people kind of trying to help a cause by doing everything but helping the cause. <laughs> like, they would literally do absolutely everything but actually, like, directly confront the thing that they're trying to help out. And it's like, what is you jumping in a canal doing for your tenants? <laughs> um, but, and it's the same with the fights. Like, the foundation was like, you know, like, I was, we always thought about the, the, the fight in Old Boy, like the one down the hallway, if you've seen that, like, which is the most amazing, intense fight ever. It's like, if you put that through the kind of staff filter, what does it look like? It's like, they don't touch each other. <laughs> they do not get, they, no one's landing a hit there. Um, and Charlie, you know, getting, getting like, me, me and Tash, uh, Natasha, my sister, um, saw, before they did this country, before we did staff, we did this um, read-through for a kind of entertainment format and um, uh, Charlie was playing Curtin, and 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 Daisy was playing a, a, a different character. I think it was like a Bristolian, uh, different Bristolian character she used to play. And they were just—it was unbelievable. It was—they were just so so immediately funny, like that feeling I was talking about. And I was like, I just cannot wait to see what you do. And then this country came out. It's like just the best thing in the world. And having 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 Charlie come on—I've been wanting to work with him forever. And having Charlie come onto the show was just—I mean, he's like. You know, Matt Groening says about like um, recognizing characters in silhouette. It's like the way you truly know that you you know them. Hence, right. why like all the Simpsons have such mad heads <laughs> yeah. um, and hair. If you want to call it hair, you're not getting away with that being hair. <laughs> <laughs> Triangles. Um, uh, you know, no, I'm actually no. I'm going to go on about this. Um, <laughs> but um, no, I I I I really feel like that about what they've done with this country. It's like you just know them, and so it's sort of like it felt so exciting to have him kind of be a part of the world a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's fun. And, and and you've mentioned this in other interviews, but what I really like about it again is, which is unusual for sitcoms, is the characters. Uh, do rubbish jokes that people laugh at, but also people laugh at each other's jokes in it, which doesn't happen very much. The thing I think about watching The Office, when David Brent's doing that dance, for example, everyone's standing around going like, oh my God, but like, if that was happening, you'd be fucking pissing. You'd be oh, pissing yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. Or you'd be trying not to piss yourself, but be pissing yourself. So they, this kind of, <laughs> this sort of series, you know, it happens in sitcoms, like you've said this thing about, you know, someone, a stupid character makes a brilliant joke, yeah. and no one goes, how the fuck did you come up with that amazing joke? But, you know, but it's just really great to see just bad jokes and people doing, you know, people doing normal jokes and enjoying them between themselves as well. Totally, yeah. yeah. Like, who, like, all friends think their friends are the funniest people in the world. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, they, I mean, you know, they might be the occasional person who is, and they sort of, they just sort of are, because if you're laughing, it is funny. If it's like that deep-rooted laugh, it's great. You know, the, the, the thing you're referring to that I always say is that I always thought that sitcoms were full of, like, stupid, like, people making brilliant jokes and no one's laughing. It's like, what if making shit, everyone's making shit jokes and, and everyone's laughing <laughs> the whole time. And it's like, Tash and Al, when they're doing their kind of, like, thing, 
And they, they truly get each other into like a fit of hysteria before the take so that the laugh is real. And they're just like, so that you, you, you on action, they're already like crying with laughter. And then in among the laughter, they're just saying the lines. It's like, they're just, it's, it's just so infectious to watch. You just see like just crew and everyone with just that dumb look on their face. Like, I, I want to be laughing as well. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's, it's lovely. Yeah. yeah. Fabulous. Right, I'm going to ask you some emergency questions. Please. Um, do you think the, the photo that will appear in your obituary has already been taken? Oh, my God. I think it's hard with you. I think this is a tricky one with you. Um, I hope so. You, think, you hope because, so? Yeah, because I feel, like, I feel like I'm worried. I don't, you know, I just... I feel like there's always a thing that... Um, do you know what? I'm not going to say the thing that I was going to say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, I really want to say it because it's not like uncouth, but I just don't want to put it out there because someone will try and get the photo. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, has that photo already been taken? I don't know. Uh, maybe it's... Um, I'd like it to be me on a log flume having the time of my life. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. I think it's different because I think, you know, the obviously, like, when you've done a big character, that's often what will be picked out by the newspapers, right? Oh, but, sure, yeah. But I feel like, you know, your, the trajectory of your career feels like it's going that way still, right? He's pointing up, listener. Pointing up. <laughs> Going, I'm pointing up with a slight, well, yeah, yeah, a yeah, slight yeah, yeah. diagonal. Oh, yeah, well, it's a risk. So there's, a, there's a parabola coming. <laughs> <laughs> but you're still... Oh, it's going down. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Right, it's, still yeah. going, it's still going up. No, no, um, but I, 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 I would be more than happy for it to be staff or something. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm more than more than happy for that to be the case. I like, I feel like I, if I only once got to do a show where I really felt like I was um, uh, doing a character that I, I, I like got and thought was fun, that's like amazing. Like, you know, it's so, yeah, it's so nice to do something that I'm like, oh, I think I quite like this. This is yeah. quite good, maybe. But, you know, you're off in, you know, you've done movies and you've, and this the big TV show. So, like, America's obviously calling you. And totally, yeah. Yeah. But as long as, I don't know, it's, I, I'm, I'm really, really, like, into doing as much good stuff as I can. And that's the kind of headline. That might sound like wanky or whatever. <laughs> but I really, really am just, I'm just focused on trying to work with people who I think are brilliant. And hopefully, you know, I mean, my friends always talk about the kind of the best things ever are the things that are um, big and good. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, a, it's a very rare kind of like in the, in the, the middle of the Venn is, is, is quite difficult because if you want to make something like super duper, like enormous, it's got to appeal to everyone, and in order to appeal to everyone, you're less likely to be specific. And if you're less likely to be specific, you're more likely to be derivative. Mm -hmm. You're more likely to be derivative. <laughs> you're more likely to just be treading water with something that's not that interesting necessarily. Yeah. But if you can manage something that ticks something for everyone, and you know, is like truly funny and specific, I think that's the goal, and that's what I'd I'd really love to do. Mm -hmm. And you know, and if like. <laughs> Staff, like no one was watching it for ages. <laughs> I couldn't, we couldn't get people to watch it because, like you say, there's not that many famous people in it. And it's like everyone always said, like 
you know, my producer Seb Barwell, and a lot of people have been in the industry for ages, like John Petrie, who produced People Just Do Nothing, he was like, Series 3 was when people started watching it. And, like, the viewing figures for Series 3, like, have gone through the roof. It's like this weird thing where it's like, I'm not watching it until they do 3. <laughs> no! It's, this, it's, it's sort of a, a, a weird thing. So, yeah. you know, I don't know what point I'm making. Like... <laughs> I think it's interesting. I, 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 do, I was just doing a talk with um, Robin. It's about Morecambe and Wise, mm. who I think did kind of manage to transcend that thing that they were. I mean, it was a different world where there was only two or three channels, and sure. everyone, but they got to the point where everyone in the country basically watched it, and it was good. Yeah. And it's the one, I think it's the only thing I can think of where you go, usually I'd say, if a comedian's, if everyone likes the comedian, the comedian's probably not that good. <laughs> right. But I think with Morecambe and Wise, you go, like pretty much, there's hardly anyone who goes. I fucking hate Eric Morecambe. No, you never, you no. never hear that. No, that's Shangri-La. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> so, the, that, but, but you, you mentioned The Simpsons. I think yeah. that's an example yeah. of it. But wait, I, I'm actually like, I, I was so fascinated when you said that you you hated it when it first came out. Was that a gen, was that a general consensus? I think no. I think I was. I think with The Simpsons, it was just because it was sort of so hyped and it felt like it was. So I, maybe even before I saw it, it just felt like. Uh, oh, this is a thing over from America, and they've, they, you know, it's on all. They had, all the merchandise was out, and it wasn't really. It was on Sky, uh, and nobody had Sky, so it was difficult to actually see it. I think I saw sure. some videos of it. So I think I, I think I was put off that by the hype behind it, and maybe I'd seen the Bartman or something like that, and thought, right, oh, this, right, right, yeah, you know, this isn't. But when you actually see, and especially once it's from the second season onwards, I think with the Simpsons, it it does go up a gear. Something like um, Parks and Rec is not very good for the first season and then it's still okay, but it, it goes up a massive gear. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah, I love that show. Yeah. I mean, uh, did you did you like Friends when it was I out? It was all right. I, did, I, see, I like it. I like it more. Again, I think to begin with, I didn't like it because I felt like it was, you know, sure. it was this mass market thing. And then when I watched it, I kind of did kind of Interesting, like yeah. There's, there's a kind of like... There's a mini generational gap that I think is people like to me. It's like the I like I grew up like like as far as like American comedy is concerned. Like my big love was always you know your kind of Father Ted, uh, you know yeah. The Office stuff like that. Um, but but like Friends was a huge. That is like like when you're born, you know your mum's there and Friends is good. <laughs> like. <laughs> Those are the two things. It was like, it, I just sort of like, I'd like eat my TV every day. Wasn't I? Like, yeah, it's Chandler. He's so sarcastic. Brilliant. Um, I actually, I was so obsessed with, um, uh, not honestly, when I was, when I was at school, I, I, I think I've said this in a this sort of written interview before. So here's the audio. Um, I once um, asked my mum if I could have the day off school because Matthew Perry had gone into hospital. <laughs> And she said no, and I made a point of doing a lot of leaning with my head leant against walls at school, backward. Like I'm leant back against a wall like that and breathing deeply. Like it's cool. He's gonna be fine. Uh, he could be any more better. I was trying to work out. I was trying to work out something. I didn't have it. Don't prepare things like this, Jamie. It's not. You know. It's nice to be a fan of. Something in it. it's nice. <laughs> Look, I like be, wicked, be... I like wicked obscure stuff yeah. too, man. <laughs> he was the best. Well, actually, I don't know. I think Phoebe was the best thing in it. I agree. Yeah. I think that. I think that. I think that there are many battles that take place in Friends, but the war for me is yeah. won by Ross and Phoebe. Yeah. Mic drop. <laughs> I don't know. Could be. 
Uh, I haven't. I haven't. Got, I went back and watched the whole. Watched the whole of Seinfeld. We, me and my wife, have done it the last three or four months, and it's pretty. Again, it takes a little while to really warm up, and it, then up. it's then it's really good. And the last episode's a bit disappointing, but the rest of it's pretty good. Sure, it's pretty good. Um, but I I, I, my got, sure is born out of the fact that everyone has a blind spot. Everyone in life has a blind spot. <laughs> Mine is Seinfeld. Right. Never, never, never seen it. It's one of those things where it's like. I, it comes on, I go, oh, don't watch that. Wait, you're going to watch it for the beginning one day. And then you go, how many series is it? <laughs> Christ. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll see. I mean, it's a lot. It felt like we were watching, we watched it every day and we'd watched two episodes. It felt like every day. And it still took like forever to watch right, it. Right, right, right. Uh, and, but it, and, it, and it's, it's about episode, it's like series four, it suddenly kind of clicks and every, it's just, the characters are just so good. And if, mm. if, if, if anything, they do a bit too much with them. I, I'd, I'd happily watch them just sitting and t talking rubbish. <laughs> Rather than do... Because it, it isn't actually a show about nothing. It kind of loads of sort of wacky stuff happens, really. In it. Totally, yeah. Um, I mean, my, I, I remember hearing... Uh, what is it? They say, no hugs, no learning. Is that the rule there? There's a, I think there was a rule in the writer's right. room. There's no yeah. hugs, no learning. Right, like, yeah, no yeah. emotional sentiment. No, the characters have to reset every episode. They can't learn anything from yeah, what they've yeah. done. And it's like, that's like... Lots of hugs, no learning. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's sort of hot. It, it doesn't. It hasn't aged completely well. You know, like it's a really odd thing watching a man with '90s sensibilities of we're all just going to fuck different people every. Mainly, right, right. I'm going to have a different beautiful girlfriend every week in right, my right. own show <laughs> that's basically a supermodel. Uh, he's, 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 he's scoring a lot in that show. It is. is he? Well, that's sort of the joke. They they have they have different. Sounds like a pretty fucking cool guy. <laughs> Seinfeld. Well, if he's good with the chicks. <laughs> it's a no, but no, it's no not idea. as much. And there's lots of things that you kind of go, oh, Friends did that afterwards and a bit more mainstream, but basically the same. There's quite right. a few bits where you notice, oh, that's the same as Friends did that. Friends did that thing. But yeah, right. so I think it was, uh, it was a little bit more out there. Uh, I'm going to ask you another emergency. This is my new emergency question that I like. Um, if you were uh, going to be put in a chrysalis... And uh, you're going to be pupate, right? And when you're in a chrysalis and you're a caterpillar, you melt and then, you, then you're formed into a butterfly. It's so different. Go on. You can choose what you come out of the, the pupa as. What oh, would you, I love that. I what love would that. you like to be? Oh, You source. can be anything. It can, be, it can um, be another person. It can be you changed. It can be an object. What would you, what would you oh, like to what be? What am I coming out as? Yeah, oh, difficult. I really want to give this some thinking time. Yeah, it's a, it's Don't a, spring it's, this on me. Well, I think it's one of those ones that the immediate reaction says so much about you. Um, it's, such a, it's, it's such a big thing. There's a great uh, psychological piece of therapy. What do well. I want to be? Um, is there a bladderless creature? <laughs> I would love to not have to wee ever in my life. You can be you without a bladder, if you want. I'm coming out without a bladder. <laughs> I'm coming out. <laughs> yeah, I, the, honestly, I feel like, you know... Don't even put it in room. Don't put my bladder into room 101 because I don't want it to exist anywhere. Wow. I just hate weeing all the time yeah. so much. I, holidays have been ruined by it. I was on holiday with my girlfriend recently and I just... It's like, what did you do? Weed. <laughs> I went to the toilet on holiday. Yeah. Uh, in, in, uh, in Brooklyn. In, yeah. uh, lower, I went to the loo in the Lower East Side. Yeah. Yeah, it's just hell. So I that and I think about that like whenever I'm thinking like what one thing would improve my life is like get rid of this bagpipe full of piss in my body. 
And you're still young. It's, it just gets worse. I know. Yeah, that's what I'm. I'm like, what? Like, what is it gonna be? <laughs> I'm just like pissing all. Just lit. Just like permanently pissing. I just. I think it's the unpredictability. If it was predictable, I wouldn't mind. It's like sometimes when I drive in from to London from Hertfordshire. Uh, sometimes I think, okay, well, I'll have a drink before I go and it'll be, and, and it'll be fine. And sometimes I'll have a drink before I go. And I literally, within mm. two seconds, need to stop. I, d I had one journey into London where I stopped within a mile of my house to do a wee <laughs> and then had to stop four more times on the same journey. I, hadn't, I just had some coffee and stuff in the morning. I hadn't really had loads to drink. And my, by the time I got to London, I had to find a wood in London to go. I was so busting. Uh, and I'd done three wees and I would stop three times at that point and then I went and weed in a wood that I luckily went through a wood. I mean, what are the chances? In the, in the middle of London. Lots and of so, surprise wees. And then other times, like today I just drove in, not, didn't even, didn't even oh, do a wee when I got here back. So what's that about? And I, I drank mean, loads the... of Diet Coke today, so what's going on? But what's have you ever on? been in a position where you're um, sat in, like, say, a meeting with someone I mean, when I was dating back in the day, I remember being like, I have been to the toilet eight times and you haven't been once and we've had eight drinks. What is wrong with you? Where's it go? Are you just pissing yourself? What are you doing? Like, I don't understand, but I, I, it's never a surprise to me because right. I always know when I'm going to be uh, needing a wee yeah. and it's when I'm breathing. <laughs> Honestly, there's, in fact, if I go to uh, a supermarket, definitely doorstep, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if I'm, uh, if I sip one milliliter, I know that there's a big one coming. <laughs> it expands in my body. It like swells. It's like it, like my body irritates the water and it swells or something. Okay. Is that what this podcast is? Yeah. What am I doing? <laughs> I told you it's a good question, isn't it? I told you it's a good question. Because you get, you can't. There's, you know, you can only get something. It's very. <laughs> I forgot. I've been forgetting to do it, and it's such a good question. Um, yeah, that is what's I going to say. Yeah, well, you need some kind of furnace in you to burn up. You would need to evaporate the liquid. So you're still going to drip. Or you'd have to sweat. <laughs> Why does it have, have to be to, a furnace? Because yeah, <laughs> there'd have to be something that would get rid of the. You know, if you're not going to have. We're talking about me coming out of a Christmas. <laughs> but well, where's the water going to no go? Logic. Here. You've got no bladder. <laughs> So what's it going to Oh, right, where's it going? Can't yeah. we just live in a world where, like, things are chill, man? <laughs> <laughs> and just, like, you drink and it's like, bye. Well, if it just was a biggest, of a, and it just every now and again, it was like, you're, like your water's broke, like when you have a baby. <laughs> just, you get nine months and it just goes, but you don't know when it's going to happen or where oh, it's going to happen. How good would that be, <laughs> that moment? Oh, my God. How are you with um, doing poo out of your bum? Very good at this. Poo out of bum. I do always poo out my bum, so I'm I very have this good. I thing that whenever I eat food, it comes out my ass the next day. <laughs> it's mad. It's it is. mad. It's a strange system to invent by God. That's why I'm, I'm presumably. I'm presuming God doesn't have an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> uh, doesn't have a bum. Doesn't poo. But I may be wrong. Yeah. Um, well, it's a. When it's good, it's a godlike feeling. Yeah, it is isn't nice. It? You feel like you've achieved something when it's a clean. When it's a clean, you know that. Oh. I had it. I'm not gonna. Oh, what am I doing? <laughs> I am. Um, I just. All I'm saying is, I, when I've done a, a wee, when I've really been needing one, I'm like, well, yeah, it feels good, but there's another one two seconds away. <laughs> like this is a lie. But when I've got rid of that, 
man. <laughs> Some of my fondest memories. I feel like when my life flashes before my eyes, it'll just be me smiling, walking out of the loo, having done <laughs> Like, yes! I didn't know. Like, it's almost like you get like get that like feeling of like a phantom. It's like an you can feel the absence of it. Like, <laughs> like you skateboard out of the toilet and high five everyone you're passing. Just take a spin. Just stand in the middle of Leicester Square singing "Greatest Day" by Take That, <laughs> spinning in a circle. <laughs> so that's right, why, <laughs> right? You guys. That's, why, that, that's right? why God gave us the the wonderful gift. A clap. <laughs> a clap. What? I love this, thank you. <laughs> um, what else was I going to talk to you about? Um, well, that, you know, that's there's. Well, you, you, I've heard a couple of times saying you got stuff stolen at the Edinburgh Fringe. Was this one of it? You got, someone told there's a story told where you got your laptop stolen, but there was a story told we had all your possessions stolen. Yeah, was, was, was that the same? Yeah, the laptop was one of my all my right. possessions. You had yeah. all your possessions at the Edinburgh Fringe. Yeah, in I mean, the dressing I, room. I don't, okay, this is a similar question. I mean, I'm not going to just question back, but like the fringe is like, was, would you say, I mean, how many times have you done it? Uh, 24 or something About like that. About 24. Yeah. Uh, how many of those would you say you, would, you enjoyed more than you didn't? Um, <laughs> I think it's probably about. 10 or 12 it's the lot but the, it's definitely the the second half of the experience so the, right, right i think right. the first well the, the first decade of it i was it was absolutely horrible all the time i would say yeah S similar yeah. yeah and then and then i was on stage one day um i'd been having you know uh, like a, a mad time trying to come up with stuff as ever boring writer's block and um and i finally had done the show and sort of got it to a good place. I've done like five shows. I'd got like my first ever good review in a broadsheet and I was elated. I went on stage the next day like, do you know what? This might not be too bad. And then I got off stage and someone had snuck backstage and stolen all my stuff <laughs> because I happened to be moving between, I was moving between ven, uh, lo, uh, like accommodation while right. I was there. So I'd had to bring all my stuff with me, like right. everything. Yeah. So it was like, wallet, phone, like all my clothes. Like they stole my clothes. <laughs> like someone had just, it was the bat and the Pleasants beside and, and someone had just come up and I'd like, I saw like a few like entrails of my stuff, like kind of like going down the path. And it was so weird, just like, what, like being completely possessionless. Just like leaving my show like, okay, I don't have any stuff anymore. <laughs> Like, what do I do when I don't? It's like, I'm just going to go home and stare at my uh, hand. <laughs> like, what? Like, obviously, I didn't bring my TV with me or anything. There was like a, you know, it was a really, like, gutting experience because also, like, everything I'd ever written oh, God. Was, uh, was, was on it. But yeah. it was kind of a... No, I can't take anything positive from it. It was horrible. <laughs> no, but it was, you know, it was just before... I um, started like working in this industry, so yeah. it was like you know. Luckily, I um, I managed to buy some things. I got a wallet, <laughs> which was good to keep my <laughs> coins in. That's <laughs> not. That's not. I'm saying that as if it's funny. It's nothing. <laughs> oh well, it's right. So you never got, you never found out who did it, and never got it back. No, no. Oh, actually, I did. Yes, what? it was Michael McIntyre. <laughs> 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 no, no, it was, uh, it was, no, I have no idea. I have no idea. But I hope they're enjoying my t-shirts. 
<laughs> was it all in a suit? Was it all in one yeah, bag yeah, yeah. or something? Yeah. yeah, yeah. They just wheeled it off and got back and were like, wow, this guy's really dug deep into vintage shops. He's cool. <laughs> this is cool. I'd really like some new stuff if, if possible. <laughs> so, so weird to steal someone's clothes. <laughs> yeah. Just hope I'm the same size as this guy. Yeah. I kept thinking I'd be like walking. How all, like... Would it be embarrassing for the person if I was walking around Edinburgh and I just saw them like dressed as me? <laughs> hey, you look really nice. <laughs> I love your style so much. Yeah, it is. Edinburgh is it's, it's harsh though, right? But it, it really worked for you. This is kind of where you met a lot of the people you ended up Completely. working with. Right? So it kind of works out. Yeah, oh my God. I wouldn't, um... I wouldn't take any of it back. And it's like, I, I do think that... Um, a lot of the time when you're having a bad experience creatively, the likelihood is, not always, you know, there are variants within the realm of like having a bad experience. You could be working with someone who's an asshole, for example. <laughs> yeah. That's a bad experience. But as far as like creative generation, like if you're having a bad time, I do feel like a lot of the time, the reason you're having a bad time is just because you're working really, really hard and really, and you really, really want to get it right. If you're like, if you're going mad, it's probably like because you care so much about it. So often I'll turn up to staff and be like, oh God, it's this scene where I took my t-shirt off when I was writing it because I got so stressed. That was so bad. <laughs> this is going to be so bad. And then you go, oh, this feels quite good because I was, it felt bad because I was working so hard on getting so stressed about getting it right. Yeah. It's the ones where I'm like, and like, oh, this is great. This is easy. You turn up and be like, yeah, I didn't work really hard on that one because I was smiling all the time. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's. Uh, I I think that like, and and the fringe is the epitome of that. You're like working out what you're gonna do. Like I turned up for my first because I did like three years at uni uh, in a in a in a sketch troupe, which is where I, which is really where I met like a lot of my gang right. and how like a lot of sort of gangs formed. Like Ellie White, who's in Staff plays Katya. Um, uh, she was in my sketch troupe, and I said to Tash, I think I've met someone who might be as funny as you, and she hit me. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, she didn't. She didn't. She was very gracious, and uh, and I just sort of saw. And they're now on double act. I actually literally left um, uh, 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 filming of their sketch show. Well, they're filming a sketch show series today. It was their last day today, and I let. That's where I come from today, and it's brilliant. They're just amazing, and it's so lovely. But we all had this experience of like really stressing out for ages, like doing these shows. And then I like left uni and was like, uh, what do I, how do I apply this and get money out of it? It's impossible. Um, and just was like, oh, well, I'll just probably get a regular job and enjoy the memories kind of thing. Yeah. And then I was like, do you know what? If I just book a fringe venue, like a, a free fringe venue, like back of a kind of cocktail bar or something, I'll, I'll like, I'll have to do it. Even if I don't want to, I'll have to do it. I'd never done solo stuff before. I, and when I started trying to do stand-up, I had this weird tick where if a joke didn't land, which was very often, um, I would naturally just look to my left because I was so used to there being someone beside me to fill the silence. I'm like, why aren't you filling it? Oh, because you're air. Um, so, you know, that, you know, that was hard and I was sort of scared of coming up with material, but then it came around and I was like, and you know, I promised, I was like, well, look, if you booked it, you'll come up with a show. And then it came around and I hadn't. <laughs> I had like 15 minutes of material to fill an hour, um, one character, and I did that. And, um, you know, it was all right because I'd been gigging it on the London circuit. And then I'd be like, bye. After that, and audiences would be like, hey. 
Hey! <laughs> Luckily, it was usually two people, so it would just be, I, I could deal with that. I'd be like, no, hey is fair enough. Um, here's your no money back because it was free. <laughs> um, uh, but then I sort of, a friend of mine was like, just so you know, I, um, I'm coming down with like some friends. Uh, and I was like, I don't know what, that's gonna be so embarrassing if they come and see it. And I just, I, I was like, do you know what? Shut up, you idiot, and do some work. And I, I just, I didn't sleep for like four nights, just, talk, just talking different voices, being like, what could be a character? What could be a character? What could be a character? Like, coming stuff. I'd pick up, a, it was, this was on like the Monday, and they were coming on the Friday, oh, and each day, I, tried, I, I passed a wig shop on the way and tried to do new wig. It rarely fat fit the character I was doing. Just like any wig. And then by the Friday, I, I, had, a, I had an hour because it's just like application and, and really, really, really like having a reason to want to do well. Because it's like, yeah. when you've got like no one in the audience, you're a bit like, what am I doing again? This is so weird. I'm really working hard to just stand in a room and talk to a, a stranger in character. So, I mean... That, but also, and that's like its own thing. Like, you know, I'm sure you've sort of seen and experienced this. There are like, there are stand-up gigs that you do that are like, um, you know, a bit looking sort of stand-up comedy, observational comedy. And if you come out and you're doing like a voice or something, they're like, what are you doing? <laughs> Just make some fucking observations, please. <laughs> Um, and it's fair enough, like, I love stand-up so much, it's just not, I'm not good at it, I can't do it. Like, I can only do jokes that don't work. <laughs> That's like all I know how to do. And I've been in situations where audiences have been like, literally like, we know you're not real! <laughs> Someone once shouted that out. <laughs> oh, sorry, no, you're right, you got me, and just like slinking off stage. <laughs> like, oh, damn, I thought I'd got them. I, like, I used to play a character called Michael Eggwater. I would do live, who was like, like a 60-year-old lounge singer when I was 23, who were like, we know you're young! <laughs> Be a better person. <laughs> but you could say that to anybody. You could say that to a stand-up, couldn't you? We know that, mm. you're, that you're not really this funny in real life. We know yeah, yeah, you're yeah, putting totally. on a character. You're heightening your experiences. <laughs> Imagine and exaggerating what's happening. <laughs> You've made this story, yeah. You've made this story much funnier than it was when it actually happened. We know it. You're um, heightening your experiences. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Well, look, I mean, it's amazing, but that's really that's like an old school Edinburgh experience. So it's amazing that's happened this century that you've. You've basically written a show. That's what you know. When we used to go to Edinburgh in the early '90s, we'd sort of start with hardly anything, and by the end of the fringe, hopefully, have something. And I think that's I think that's what the fringe should be. You know, it's kind of it's amazing that you can that you know with that impetus and and yeah, and just concentrating that hard for four days and driving yourself mad, you can turn something around like that. That's that's a. And then was that that was that the show that then the next year you kind of took up and. Or was that the, yes. was that yeah, the show? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so that was like I, I sort of workshop that, and I tried out a few different characters over the months. And then over that year, I would I was I was workshopping the show, and then I took that to, so yeah, to like a, a paid venue and stuff. And yeah, I I I, I had laryngitis, which didn't help. Wasn't helped by the fact that um, one of the four characters I did was a um, a spooky nanny whose thing was that she screamed all the time. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so that was. Uh, that was interesting, but yeah, that was the one where I got all my stuff stolen. Yeah, and I went back. So I, I after that, um, 
I started exclusively sort of doing this one show a month that I was doing with Cardinal Burns, uh, yep. Dustin Dummy Burns, Seb Cardinal, who like I worshipped, and I'd written a couple of sketches for their sketch show around the time I'd done the Anna and Katie one. Because um, they'd come to see that show, like a, a few days after that wig thing, they happened to be in the audience for the show. They'd like tipped off by my friend Rupert Magendy, who runs Knock Too Bag, which is brilliant, a club night in London. And uh, uh, yeah, so Rupert started running a monthly night called Moth Club that I did with um, Seven Dustin and Tash and Ellie and uh, guests. And that was like the funnest live experience of my life. Like, uh, just doing it monthly kind of thing. And then we took that up to the fringe and I just did, like, a 10-minute slot. And I was like, this is how you do it. <laughs> 10 minutes. I, I honestly just feel like talking for an hour is is hard. Like, it's I, I really find, like, the thing of, like, keeping people's focus for an hour... Like, someone once said to me that all fringe shows should be half an hour and five pounds. And I ran to Leicester Square, greatest day, all over again. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. No. Well, I, I think that's true of a lot of. I think that is true. Uh, a lot of people push themselves and extend themselves too quickly. I think, and I think like it's good. To, it's good to do half an hour before you can do an. Hour. So, oh my god, I've been seen. I've seen obviously seen some <laughs> exquisite hours. Like there's been some of the best like viewing experiences of my life. I've been watching hours at the Fringe, but a lot the the, for, the, the force that you you know you yeah. forcing yourself to do an hour is like it is. It's tough yeah. going. It is, and a lot of people have half an hour that they make. They, they turn into an hour. Yeah. It's not. Uh, yeah. Just. Talk half the speed, it's fine. <laughs> oh, have you ever heard that, by the way? About, uh, 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 that. Have you heard that? I once heard that, uh, I think it was Les Mis, the orchestra um, were, like, getting frustrated by a kind of underpay, and they were, like, they were, they were being paid by the hour. Right. And they were, like, how can we... If they're not, they're not giving us a pay rise, slow down the music. <laughs> So there was like a couple of nights where it was like, I dreamed a dream. Uh, you know, and you know, and I think it worked. They're now all billionaires. <laughs> uh, is what's coming up? Do we? Are you able to say? Is there stuff that you can talk um, about, or is all top secret? Is there stuff? I don't think I'm allowed to say any of this stuff. There's no, there's nothing like wild. I'm, ba I'm work. I'll, I will say that I, um, I started out my career doing some singing. I was in a band, uh, and my live stuff that I did, you know, the, these moth club shows I'm talking yeah. about, I'd always do like sort of comedy songs. I was, I was like momentarily a session singer while I was trying to make money in my late teens. And uh, I kind of like like flexing that muscle. I really, you know, making the decision between comedy and music is like quite a a big one because it's like, well, you're either going to be really serious or really stupid. And I, I, you know, I thought, I, I, you know, I've got a really big bum and I'm really fall over all the time. So, <laughs> um, uh, stupid, please. Um, so, but I, I'm the next thing I do. I think is going to be kind of comedy music related uh, type thing, something that I find quite fun. I always like doing things that I'm like, I think, uh, I don't know, in my experience, like doing stuff has taught me that like an idea that you think could be really, really shit is probably a better thing to do. Because <laughs> it's like, it, it, like because the, the gains are so much bigger. If you're like, this is a bloody brilliant idea. Oh yeah, it was great. <laughs> but if you're like, that's going to be shit. Hang on. It was good. That's better, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very much have. 
live my career. So it's, uh, that's, been, that's been fun. Uh, well, look, whatever comes up next, I'm sure it'll be fantastic. Do watch uh, The After Party. It's on Apple uh, TV. Yes, Apple, and, Apple uh, TV Plus. And uh, Seth Let's Flats is all on Channel all 4. All 4. All 4, which is... Um, <laughs> and um, uh, Hoff the Record yeah. was on Dave, I think. Was it? Okay. <laughs> Who knows where it is now? It's, I bet it's, 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 it's hovering around. Channel. It'll be in the ether. It's in the street. It's we'll in Leicester able, Square. We'll be able to find all of this stuff. That's the beauty of you being so young. Everything is recorded and... And up somewhere, and we'll be able to find it all. Ladies and gentlemen, give a massive round of applause to the amazing Jamie Dimitri. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Stick around, we've got Samira Ahmed coming next week. You have been listening to Rahalastapa with me, Richard Terring, and my guest, Jamie Dimitriou. Thank you to Scant Regard for providing the music. I'm indebted to my producer, Ben Walker, and also to Chris Evans. Not that one, or that one, not that one either. Not the Daily Telegraph. Uh, editor, no, none of the other ones. The one from Go Faster Strike, obviously, you idiot. Thank you very much to everyone at uh, the Les Square Theatre for looking after us, and everyone at ACAST for looking after us, and for my mummy and daddy for looking after me when I was little. Uh, thank you also to our Kickstarter reward people who are Lizzie Jones, Annie, Anna Kay, Justin Bendon, Repoon Jason Gula Up. That's right, Repoon Jason Gula Up. Malcolm. James Carter, Lisa A, Phil Maddock, my fan fan friend Elise, Anon, Tim Nichols, IP Freely, Bex Middleton, Holly Latham, Dr. Belbalon, Matt Taylor, Adam Flowers, Don McCoy, Dan Massey, Christopher Davis, Andrew, Alison Jenner, Stephen Piercy, David Telford, David Toiler on the Sea Kid, Neil Hopkins, Andy Smith, Jacob Watts, Jake Anders, ML, Carla Thiege. Kirsty McLean, Robert B. Parker, Ruth Jack, and Rose Turner. This is a Sky Potato Fuzz at GoFasterStripe.com production. Thank you for listening. Go to GoFasterStripe.com and download some of their excellent shows, including all of my stand up shows, and get their books there. Michael Legg's got a book out there, apparently. That's what I've heard. GoFasterStripe.com for all your comedy needs. <laughs>